This podcast was produced on the lands of the Bunurong, Wurundjeri and Gadigal peoples of the Kulin and Eora nations. The Pierce Project wishes to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome to Peers, a podcast by BIPOC founders for BIPOC founders. I'm Michelle Akidnor, proud biracial Australian and Forbes 30 Under 30 lister, and I'm your host and fellow peer. Join me for soul-enriching conversations with like-minded young BIPOC entrepreneurs from around the globe. Each week, I dive deep into the personal journey of my award-winning guests and unpack who they really are at their core and how they got started in business. With every episode, my mission is to empower you, expand what you think is possible, and hopefully make you feel less alone as a person of colour in business. Thank you so much for being here, peers. Hey, peers, and welcome back to the show. You know what? I just find it so tough sometimes to block out the negativity. The people around me that tell me out of love that they're nervous or anxious or just don't know if what I'm doing is really the smartest thing that I should be doing right now. I recently made the move to the US and the truth is, just like with any big change and transition, it hasn't been easy. And although I am absolutely loving it and I feel like, honestly, I'm flourishing here, there have been moments where I've doubted myself and internalized some of that negativity that I heard from some of the people I love prior to leaving. And in today's episode, I was reminded of how important it actually is to not be influenced by others' opinions and to instead no matter how hard it is, turn a blind eye and continue to walk your path. So today's guest is fellow BIPOC founder and Forbes 30 Under 30 lister, Barney Singh. Barney is the co-founder of Now and Me, an India-based social media platform that helps people seeking mental health support. Now and Me provides a safe space for people from all walks of life to accept their feelings and talk about their issues through its anonymous chat option. Such an incredible and much-needed platform. In today's app, Bunny shares how to say goodbye to external validation, finding the right time to take your side hustle full-time, and how to block out the negativity that may come your way as you walk your path. Before we dive in, I would love if you could please hit follow and subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. This is the final episode of this eight-part mini-series I've pulled together for you, fully focused on BIPOC voices and really this new iteration of peers that I've created for you. And so although that is the case, we do have some really exciting interviews and things in the works for this new iteration and for more episodes to come. So please do make sure you hit follow and subscribe so that you can be notified as soon as a new episode drops. 
Also, Piers, please do let me know how you found this new series, this new iteration of Piers. Send me a DM directly on Instagram or LinkedIn and just let me know how you found it. And please do drop a rating and a review below so that I can really understand how you're finding it and how you're liking it. Okay, without further ado, take a listen to episode 255 with Barney. I'm Barney. I'm one of the two co-founders at Now and Me. Now and Me is a labor of a lot of dedication and love that we started about four years ago. We were just students when we started it with a very simple aim for everybody who's going through something to have a listening ear. With that simple thesis, it has now evolved into a much more sophisticated product, which enables interactions with not only other peers, but also experts, along with a lot of other mental health resources. The goal is to cater to everything around wellness, around topics that are not talked about as much, things that are taboo. And that is also how we've curated our list of experts after listening to our members of the community. So you'll find experts ranging from psychologists to coaches to relationship experts to sex educators. And our community has been our biggest strength because that's how we've continued to build our app and our product. So that's a little bit about us and then how we've built Now and Me. Oh, it's just so awesome. It's so epic, Barney. Honestly, I feel like you've tapped into a niche, especially in India. I can imagine that was untapped, you know, and starting four years ago is just so cool to see. And I can't wait to dive deeper into your work. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I just love so much because I think it allows us to get to the core of who we really are as entrepreneurs. And that is, what was it like growing up in India? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? That is a very interesting question. And I think you don't think about it or you don't realize it till you're much older that, you know, you've grown up in a certain country and that gives you certain opportunities, which might be different from others. I've always felt grateful for everything I've had. I think the country is very diverse and I've had the privilege to be brought up in a space where I had quality education, a lot of experiences that shaped me into a well-rounded person. I was very involved in extracurriculars in school. So for me, I think I was part of the India that was growing and developing. The generation above ours had worked very hard to give us these opportunities and make us very globally ready. Honestly, I think we grew up with a lot of international TV and movies. So I think we always felt like we were a part of the global development. And I think it's been absolutely wonderful to have a culture which dates back to such a long time ago. So you're coming up with your own traditional values at the same time adapting to where you stand as the world is moving on. So I think that's been fun to figure out on who am I, what are my beliefs. I think that's something that I think about as I'm in my mid-20s. So true. What were some of the greatest lessons that your parents taught you? You know, you mentioned that they work so hard and I just think I so resonate with that. I think, you know, our parents' generation, it was just like a different thing, right? It was like hustle, hustle, hustle and just try and make it happen and try and give our kids the best opportunity that we can. And, you know, for you and your parents, what was the greatest lesson that they taught you? I think the most important one has to be not having a limited belief 
they never told me that this is all that you're capable of, be it when you're studying, whether you're picking up, working for yourself, entrepreneurship. In fact, fun story is that it is actually my parents who nudged me into that direction. So when I was studying, I felt that a lot of my peers were, each other's careers looked very similar after a certain point of time. And I think I was feeling a bit stifled that, you know, I don't want to get into the same sort of hamster wheel is how I started feeling about it. When they nudged me in that direction, entrepreneurship is not something that I thought about from the time that I was a child or anything. So they nudged me and then I questioned it. I told them I don't have what it takes. I don't have any other prior work experience. How am I going to do it? And they always said it's people like you and me and the people we see around that, you know, become something. So you can't have that limited belief that you have to be a certain way. You have to have had a certain kind of education or a background to achieve your dreams or to be successful. So I think that's been really important that they've given me that really open-minded approach to life. And that applies to not just work, but I think in how I treat others, they've also brought me up with respecting everybody around me, giving everybody the same level of respect, no matter who. So I feel very happy that they've instilled a lot of values in me as a person, which I now see to be lacking sometimes in a lot of people. So I really appreciate that I grew up as a more internally seeking person as opposed to externally seeking validation or compromising my set of values. So I feel very grounded in the kind of person I've grown up to be because of this. Oh, your parents seem awesome. Like what? So cool. And I guess you just touched on such an important point, you know, seeking external validation versus seeking it within ourselves. I think it's something that I've struggled with so much over the years, you know, with social media and the way we portray our lives these days. And, you know, oh, that person made the Forbes list, that person did it and all these things and accolades and things that pop up. But for you, have you ever kind of fell victim to that external validation and If so, how did you navigate through it? And for our peers out there listening who perhaps are really struggling with that, they just can't seem to kind of find it within themselves. What advice would you give to us? I think this is almost a constant theme. I think there are moments where you find yourself very lost. You're looking at people around you. You feel like you're falling short. I think whenever I felt that I am judging myself from the lens of other people, I've tried my best to take a step back and I've always tried to think about what are my core set of values that bring me happiness. Would it be okay if everything changed, but if these five things didn't change, would I still be happy? And I think they're very simple values. They're about being a good person, being kind to each other, thinking of others before yourself. It's really simple things because it's important to be a good human being first. I think in today's world, you're almost always feeling like you're falling short because there's someone younger than you who's doing better than you, who's doing more things than you. So somewhere you have to get really okay with finding your purpose in this noisy world, being okay with the progress you're making and feeling happy with sticking to your values. So for that to happen, you have to really dive deeper and make sure that you've laid all of that out so that you're not succeeding on someone else's terms. It has to be what success looks like for you. That's how I go about it. And I think it's sounding too ideal, but let me tell you, I think every year there are dips and there are highs and there are lows. And sometimes you don't feel like you're doing good enough. But I think sometimes it's just important to remind yourself that the results are not what matters, but the fact that you're putting in the effort every day. I think that's very important to give yourself credit for. 
such valuable advice. What is your purpose? I think it was always to give back in some way or the other. I felt like all my basic needs were fulfilled growing up. You know, I had a roof over my head. I had food. I had sanitation. I had all basic access, which I think all of us take for granted. And I knew that beyond a certain point, material needs would just never suffice. I think it would only come from a place of greed. If you want a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger, the list never ends. So to feel a level of satiated at some point internally, you have to think about, okay, what would really make me happy from the inside, even if those external things are not happening. And I think it was giving back even While in school, there was a project that I ran on organ donation at the time. And I think that is when I felt my most immersed, I think, in that flow state where I was just organizing campaigns, telling people about how it impacts lives. I hope to always continue some form of work that at least I feel gives back in some way or the other, no matter how big or small the impact. But I think that's what I'd love to always be involved in. It's so true. You know, I think so many of us, we're always thinking, what's the bigger deal we can get? Where can we go next in our career? How can we hit that seven-figure business? And all those kind of things. And sometimes I think it's so normal for us to just almost get so wound up in that. You know, for you, you mentioned that your parents were the ones that kind of push you towards business and entrepreneurship. What did that look like for you, kind of the idea, the seed idea of Now and Me? And what were those first few things that you did to really get it off the ground? So they somewhere had a vision for or an idea around how most of us, and this is 2018, so this is peak Instagram, peak Facebook sharing highlights of your life, right? And they were like, we're so sick of just socializing and people just trying to show how great their life is and no one really addressing that life is challenging and we're all going through something or the other, no matter what. So why not have some platform, whether it is in the physical space or the digital space, where people are able to come as a collective, share what they're struggling with, share what they're feeling low about, or they feel they're a failure at, and go from there. So I think it was that simple. And with my initial resistance, I started to do a little bit of research. At the time, there were no such platforms that had at least scaled to that level or that I could find. I would research around 10 websites daily. I had made that like my summer goal to, you know, do that consistently over a period of some 20, 30 days. So I have that little diary from, you know, that many years ago. But I think initially when I started, when they told me about this idea, I think I had a very lukewarm approach to how I was going about it. I, th- I thought that I'm still in college. All right, let me see what's out there. My friends are doing internships. I'll probably pick something. And I think that's again when they said that, you know, if you have to do this seriously, it's going to take a lot of effort and you have to look at it more seriously than you are right now. So you need to answer to yourself, is this something you want to do long term? And if so, you're going to have to shake things up. So I think that was a little bit of a wake up call. And then from there, I think from all the research, I think I was very clear that to solve this problem at scale with the way the world was heading, technology, if it is the problem, is also perhaps the answer. And we started with a basic WordPress template. 
website, there were a bit of blogs. And then one thing led to another, bumped into someone who could develop the prototype for what Now and Me is today and gave us the basic forum sort of feature, forum functionality for posting and commenting with a backend to restrict hateful or negative comments. That's where it started from. And soon after, so this is in my final year of college, is when I met my co-founder, Drishti. That's when we decided to join hands. She was very passionate about the physical health space. And we often spoke about definitely how interconnected the whole thing is. And yes, since then, there's been no looking back. So those were the early days. We would go from one classroom to the other, telling people to check out the website. We would write on top of our boards in the classrooms. One very interesting thing that we did was we tried to create a physical simulation of the website. So near the cafe area, which is where most of the students would go during their lunch break, we just took out a plain bulletin board and had people write some of their biggest fears, what was bothering them, and they could sign if, if they wanted to or let it be anonymous as the platform allows you to. And then we stuck it on the board and soon it was filled, uh, you know, by students. I think student life is in any case a very difficult time. I think you have a lot of emotions. So they filled out the board and then we also had smaller response prompt chits that people would write really cute notes on. You've got this, keep going. I think that's when we started to foster the community feeling from there. So that's what the early days looked like. Oh, it's so like heartwarming thinking back to those days, you know. I think also what sometimes isn't talked about enough is how tough it really is to get a business off the ground, you know. You mentioned that your parents kind of said to you, like, if this is something that you want to do seriously, like, you're going to have to take that ownership. What did that transition look like for you? At what point did you think, you know what, I'm just going to absolutely go for this versus being a side project or something a bit more relaxed, you know? And for our peers out there listening who are perhaps at that point wondering if they should take their side hustle into a full-time thing, full-blown, how do we know when the right time is? So I think it looks different for different people and also at different stages of your life. I was only 19 or 20 at the time that I started. So I was like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? So I think that was the best time to start. I think is also why parents nudged me into it. That, you know, as you get older, uh, your risk appetite reduces, you get responsibilities, you get used to a certain lifestyle when you start earning yourself. So they'd seen life and advice that, you know, it, then it gets really hard to break out of that. So I think when you're that young, and I see a lot of people that age nowadays taking that plunge as well, I think it's become very common now, which I think is the best time to do this. As you're older, if you already have a job, I think it is wiser to transition into that slowly. I think a lot of people advise that you have your MVP on the side and build it up to a little bit of traction. And when you've got it to a certain point where you think you can leave your day job or whatever it is else that you're doing is when you should make that transition. So I think if you ask 20-year-old me, I would have said, go for it. There are no fears, you know. But I think now that I'm older, a little bit wiser, I think I'd say it is important that you do it practically. You look at your circumstances. For a lot of people, there are others who are dependent on them. It's not as easy to just leave everything and plunge into entrepreneurship or building a startup. So I think you have to factor in your circumstances, see there is risk, see the risk that you can take. And I think it's always possible to segue into it at a pace 
that is comfortable for you. What's been a time for you where you felt really uncomfortable and you weren't sure if you'd made the right decision? I think I've never regretted my decisions as such because I go into them head first. So I don't take them till I'm fully convinced. Um, so, so I don't regret the past or I don't regret my actions. But having said that, there have been many instances with entrepreneurship. I think every stage has looked different. Starting out has looked different. Bootstrapping it has looked different, which is what we did for the first year. Getting the first user was tough. Getting the thousand user was tough. Pre-funding was another challenge. Post-funding was a different challenge we were not anticipating at all. I think most of us feel like funds are going to solve all our problems, but I think funds just magnify the cracks that are already there. So I think some of the mistakes that we made right after funding was not the best decisions when it came to building out our team. I think we were inexperienced and probably didn't know how to seek you know, the best teammates. We didn't think through a culture fit much more than we do now. And I think it becomes very important because this will vary from person to person. So I think you have to understand who you'd be able to work with. I don't think we understood a year ago what are some red flags, so to speak, to pick out in potential teammates, which we do now. So I think last year was a very difficult time in building out our team and taking the next step for us as a company and as a product. And I think now that we've built it to a certain stage, the next challenge of where we find ourselves in a difficult spot is now how do we 100 exit? You know, how do we take it on a growth trajectory? So I think it just keeps changing. If you ask me when was the last time I was having this sort of crisis, it was probably last week. So (laughs) I mean, you know, it never ends. It never ends. So I think that's part of the fun as well. But it's not that rosy. As you clear one level, you're like faced with 100 other hurdles. So <laughs> it's so true, honey. Honestly, I just so resonate with that. And I just think you're so right when you say, you know, the funds don't fix everything or, you know, that accolade doesn't fix everything. How can we get comfortable with the wild ride that is entrepreneurship? I think talking about this, because sometimes when Dishti and I find ourselves really low or as if we're not doing anything right or everything we've done is wrong. I think it always helps to hear other people talk about their experience. And from their experience, you feel comforted that, yes, it's not just me. (laughs) Even the most accomplished people face this from time to time. I think you have to give yourself enough room. And I think also the fact that there are factors which are not in your control. There is the market, there are a lot of externalities, which is why I think your effort counts the most and the outcome is something you cannot control and the sooner you let go I think the more at peace you'd be with it mentally so I think the entrepreneurship community or this community you know something like this someone hearing a podcast like this would I think hopefully feel a little bit better if going through a bad day. How do we get better at letting go? I wish I knew because I don't think I've let go completely. (laughs) I think it's very tough. You don't want to give up, especially if you have that spirit. I think people right now in their 20s definitely is the time that you're seeing everybody trying to excel in their field, even if it is a corporate nine to five situation. You will see them traveling. You'll see them progressing in their careers. You're seeing peers really go after what they want. So it is difficult to let go. It is difficult to be okay with 
things not going all right. But I think it just comes back to the initial answer that I had on value systems. I think if you can be okay with who you are at your core and with things outside going haywire sometimes, I think sometimes when things are not going all right for me, I try and just take some rest. I will maybe try and do something that distracts me only to come back the next day. So, you know, at least facing it every day, but also then resting in between and taking a step back because sometimes you just can't fix it. You can't solve it by being in the middle of it. So I think whatever works for you, just don't let it get to you to a point where it's impacting your self-worth, self-esteem. I think that's very important to keep a barrier or, or a difference between your work and who you are as a person. So a lot of people, for them, meditation works. I think having a routine, being able to exercise or have some form of flow in your day-to-day, I think that really centers you because then you have a life outside of work as well. You're either hitting the gym or going for classes. Another fact is that I've always, I think I would call myself spiritual or religious or whatever works for anybody. I don't think the religion matters, but surrendering yourself to a higher faith I think that gives you so much comfort that, you know what, I know something is looking out for me. And even if I don't have it under control, it'll all be okay. I think sometimes you just have to tell yourself that. So whatever works for you, but these are things that have worked for me so far. Oh, Barney, this has been so enlightening, inspiring, so interesting. And I have a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is this podcast is by BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of colour, for BIPOC entrepreneurs. You know, for you, how has your culture helped or hindered you along the way? You might have guessed throughout us speaking, I think I have a very positive outlook towards everything that I've had in life. So I feel like every little thing has added up to the point where I am today. I think our culture help keeps us rooted. There are a lot of good things like discipline, like looking out for others. I think it's that need to serve, which has at least brought me into a business like Now and Me. I think it weren't the case, I would have probably been doing something else. So I think those values have only made me better and brought me to the point that I am at today. I think the fact that family is such a core part has given me stability. I think even as we're talking about the struggles of entrepreneurship, having a support system, whoever it is, really gets you through some of your most difficult times. It doesn't come without challenges, yes, but I don't think I would have had it any other way. I feel like I owe a lot to the way I've been brought up to where I am today. Oh, Fani, look, over the last four years since you started your business, you've really gone from strength to strength, you know, in amongst all of the challenges and the struggle that comes with business, you've also received so much recognition for your work and most notably you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list of this year which is how we found you. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give to our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? I think one of the most important ones which I feel like I also forgot along the way and I had to remind myself again is don't get influenced by what others are saying around you. They project their insecurities and their small-mindedness into your vision. So if someone's telling you it can't happen, it's perhaps because they think they can't do it. So if you think you can do it, 
don't pay it any attention. I think I need to write it for myself and put it somewhere here because I think we forget it from time to time as we listen to, you know, people we think we want to take advice from or we see others struggling and we take imbibe that. So never forget your power, I think, very important. I think second is it's not that serious. That's a new one. So whenever we're just feeling too stressed or anxious about something, Vishnu and I just tell each other, it's not that serious. I mean, it's okay. Laugh about it, joke about it. I mean, just enjoy the ride. I think if you're on the path to doing something, which is not the norm, if you're doing something very unconventional, you're really enjoying yourself through the ride. That's more fun than the destination. So don't forget that and don't be too serious. I think just laugh a little, have fun along the way. These are three things that I think are important. Such valuable advice. Oh, Barney, look, before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing up even when it becomes tough, for standing up and making entrepreneurship happen for yourself, even though you didn't know how to be an entrepreneur, none of us do. And, you know, for really showing us and all of our peers out there listening that if we want something bigger and greater for our lives and for ourselves, we can make it happen. It's never too late. So for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Oh, Barney. So the final question is how we finish every episode of Peers. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Life is these experiences. So if you're not pursuing what your heart is after, if you're suppressing that side of you, I think time is going to pass and you're going to live in regret of the life that could have been. So there are some things that money can't buy, and this is one of them. It's immeasurable, the value, the joy, the sense of fulfillment that you get after going after what you really want. So don't don't box that away. Don't suppress it ever. Really go after it. And I think somewhere just think, what's the worst that could happen? I think if you feel like what's the worst that could happen and you're able to answer that and it's not so bad, then just go after it. I think it's invaluable invaluable. Oh, I love it. Oh, funny. Look, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for this. It was amazing. Where can we learn more about you and now and me? Okay. Awesome. So now and me is available on both the iOS and Google play stores by the same name. So you can search for now ampersand me or now space and me, whatever works. And uh, similarly, for more information, you can also go on to our website, which is nowandme.com. And hopefully see a lot of the listeners over there. I hope they check it out. Absolutely. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. Oh my goodness. I'm going to get into that spiritual practice. It's going to happen. I feel (laughs) that for me, the daily meditation, you've inspired me. No, honey, we so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Peers. If you're liking what we're doing here and resonate with our mission of amplifying BIPOC founder stories, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Also, head over to our Instagram and follow us. We're at The Peers Project. And you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn and Insta. I'm at Mish Echidna. I adore you oh so very much, peers. 
Until next time.